0: and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy.
1: Thanks everyone for that. You can grab your seats. A couple of people standing at the back. There's a few little, few spare seats in here. Most of these people won't bite in the front. What a great day, hey? Resurrection Sunday. Really, really good. I, uh, I love this day every year. love this whole weekend. Um, and a uh, very special time. I'd love us to start with, if the hosts can prepare, we're going to actually share communion uh, right on the front end of... Uh, the message here this morning, and on that note, I just want to share a scripture. It comes out of Matthew 26. And it says, This so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, And gave it to his disciples, to the disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I love that we, um, when we come together, there's often a a tone of celebration, which is is right and appropriate. Uh, But... Who knows in your life and in mine and also all throughout Scripture that some of the most poignant moments were not in moments of comfort, but they were actually couched in times of crisis and peril and imminent death. And we do this this morning in remembrance of him. But sometimes we can get discouraged in our own life how we think, man, we're trying to do good, we're trying to feed our family and, and make a difference in other people's lives, but it just seems so hard and why is there so many attacks or difficulties against us and I just want you to know you're in good company that this wasn't uh, it was a celebratory moment but it was surrounded in absolute danger and peril and to me that is such a picture that that Jesus didn't do this just as hey it's a nice thing to do and uh, you're going to celebrate me for all eternity he actually did it with death on his door knowing what he was walking into uh, a moment with friends with disciples before his death, before he was going to be punished, before the hardship happened. And this morning, I don't know how you've come here this morning, if, uh, if it is a, a weekend of joy, or if it's a weekend that's couched in, in difficulty, uh, even if that's emotionally, uh, through your family situation, or if you're facing massive challenge in your, your work life or in your family. But this morning, I want us to receive this together, not as just something like, yeah, cool, this is great, but actually knowing that Jesus, he... He was with us in our suffering. You know what I mean? He wasn't separate. He wasn't uh, uh, stayed in the comfort zone. But literally when we do this, it's actually an act that was born out of difficulty and death and it's celebrated through difficulty and death. And uh, not only for him, but also for us. So be encouraged today as we receive this together. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for sending Jesus. And Lord, that he didn't hold back from the challenge, from the difficulty, uh, Lord, he didn't hold back from expending all of himself for our redemption and the redemption of all mankind. Father, we thank you, Lord, that our difficulties and our pains are pale in insignificance compared to his trials, his crucifixion, the way that his blood was shed and his body broken for us. So, Father, we thank you for that sacrifice. We receive our redemption and we're reminded of it today in all of the glory that that sacrifice paid for us. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's eat and drink together if you haven't already. And then give all the little cups to the kids, because they always collect those little things. Or <laughs> we'll hand them to the end of the row, whatever you like. Resurrection life. Resurrection Sunday. I love this. I love, I love how life can spring out of death. I love how the very eroding nature of this natural realm of this fallen envelope can spring forth with new life, uh, and, and, and it happens in everything and, and, and something in our humanity that loves just the cute, just the plastic, just the shiny, but there 's something inherent in life that is so close to death, and that it 's actually that cycle that happens. You want to live forever? There's, there's, a, there's a process of death. If you want mangoes, there's a process of death. You want to hold that one in the, in the fruit bowl for the next... It, it, as nice as it is, it's going to have to die, and it's inherent in it. The very life in it still putrefies itself until death and then new life that springs out of that seed. And so there's something about resurrection life, we all want it, we all hate the process, we all want the fruit of it, but we all just literally try and run from the very fact that they're inherent in this journey of life, it doesn't end well. <laughs> it's, it, there's no avoiding it. And so in that tone, I want to play just a small video as we start in our message today.
0: Ultimately, a cold, hard, dead place. Does death have the last word? Is it truly, honestly, actually dark? And so, whatever light we do see, whatever good we do stumble upon, are those just blips on the radar, momentary interruptions in an otherwise. Affirms this life and the next as a seamless reality, embraced, graced, and saved by God. There is an unexpected, mysterious presence who meets each of us in our lowest moments, when we have no strength, when we have nothing left and we can.
1: come on come on resurrection now does that feel more like your life when things feel like it's actually finished it's actually toast cactus dirt mud That then you don't know how you go on and then you call out to god and then he he is the way there is always a resurrection life through jesus christ and i love that that is the case and often we look at resurrection life, again, in really polished and nice terms. But I want to tell you that resurrection life is always messy. It's always sweaty and, and there's blood in it, there's dirt in it. And, and we're going to go through scripture today and I'd to, we're going to turn into Mark chapter 16. If you've brought your Bibles, um, hopefully we'll get it up on the screen. Mark 16. But resurrection life is not nice. It's actually quite confronting. Mark 16, verse, if we just go back a couple, um, verse 1. Oh, where are we up to? Or maybe that's all I gave you, sorry. Mark 16, and this is Jesus, this whole chapter. I'll read the start of the, the, the chapter and then we'll, we'll catch it up there at that point. Mark 16, verse 1 says this Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, "Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us?" But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, "Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. And he said to you, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was, he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either." Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall, will follow those who believe believe. There's a, there's a colon, which not necessarily, is not there in the original text. So it actually, I like to read it without the punctuation here. And it says, These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And, when they, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and that word them is in italics, which means the translators added it, but it wasn't in the original text. Again, I like to try and read it without that sometimes, and it says it reads like this. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. I know that you read just whole a whole chapter of scripture. Congratulations. Don't tell the person next to you that's the first time in 10 years. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love the layers in this. First of all, how annoying would it be to ra- be raised from the dead and no one believe you? <laughs> like, seriously? I heard of a, um, an, an account of a young girl that got raised from the dead in Africa and no one would talk to her. No one would talk because she was weird after that. Oof. I mean, you don't know what other, whatever, whatever else is going on. And I, I love the, the, the layers in this. We read it really cute, but it's not. I mean, resurrection life's not nice. How would you feel if you got raised from the dead, no one would talk to you, no one believed you, and they just thought you were weird? You'd get pretty angry too. Like Jesus, this passage, we, t- we call it the Great Commission, which it is, but there is some real layers of annoyance, shall we say, in this. And when it says that he appears to the 11, he says he upbraided them for their unbelief. So we read it as if Jesus was like stroking a lamb with like daffodils in his hair, like go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. It wasn't that way. We just read it wasn't that way. He's like appearing to them. He's like, guys, go, you go into the world. You preach this gospel. Okay? Because it's important. <laughs> And those who believe will be saved, and those who don't, worry, don't worry about them. But you know, what I mean? and heal the sick, raise the dead. Like, this is, this is the tone. He was so emphatic about this. And my point is that resurrection life is always this way it's always one degree away from death, and it's between, and then another death. There's always tension, there's always calamity. In our life, what we've felt is as weird is not weird, it's normal. You might have had a hell of a week. And you, sometimes you, you come to church or you gather or you're in a connect group or you go to re- open your Bible and you're like, God, I just feel like such a hypocrite. No, you're not a hypocrite. This is, what, this is how life happens. Who's got kids? Who knows, who's, who's tried to have a phone call with your spouse and the kids are with the spouse? Who knows? It's, it's, it's just weird. She'd be like, hey, honey, I love you. Go to the car! Hey, honey, get your shoes on! Stop it! So... And you're like, um, are you okay? You know <laughs> Why? Because there's, there's so much going on at once. And, and your spiritual life and my spiritual life and Jesus' life was exactly the same. He's got guys trying to kill him. And then in Luke, it says that he, he gets the, guy, the, the disciples together. He says, with, with desire, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover meal with you. This guy's trying to kill him. The morning before, the morning after. But he's like, man, the Barbie with the boys, that's important. Does that feel like your weekends? (laughs) Friday was all kinds of wow. You know, Monday's coming. I can't even face that yet. But you know what? (laughs) With desire, he desired, with fervent desire, to eat this Passover with you. And even this whole, the Passover meal and, and the tradition of it was born when they were painting the blood of a lamb that died over the lintel, over the, the doorway, so that the angel of death didn't kill everyone in that household. <laughs> and what, what holds Jesus on course, what will hold us on course, is knowing what purpose are we living for. John 8.37 says, For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth jesus was saying and this to me in in the tone of resurrection it is all about purpose and cause he didn't walk through all that and it says for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame for the joy so he he was human it hurt it was excruciating but he knew the cause he knew the purpose and he could see through that to that future hope he had to walk by faith just like we did to believe that god would raise him from the dead what purpose are you willing to live for see resurrection life that you don't just get raised from the dead for no reason and sometimes when you're walking through the muck that you're walking through or i am we need to hold on to our cause and our purpose because otherwise, you just you don't even want to be raised from... You just want to be... You just want to finish. You want to die. And sometimes, if the cause isn't being enough or the purpose isn't being enough, then the darkness can creep into our thoughts and our trajectory and, uh, and we forget a reason for going on. And so I want, to, I want to pose these questions to you today. What purpose are you living for? What purpose, what purpose are you willing to live for? And again, that sounds cute. Where we say, oh, I want to, I want to live for you, Jesus, or I want to live for my family, but that will be then, uh, it, at some point, that will kind of come into and inculcate your daily decisions, as in, like, like Pastor Josh was saying, we, we can talk nice things, but what's our, what's our calendar say, what does our budget say? You know, what we can say, what are we, what's our purpose that we're living for, but if zero seconds and zero kilojoules and zero dollars are towards that, that purpose, then we're kidding ourselves, and then what happens is when the pressure is on from life, from this, this earth envelope, then if we forget what we're living for, then we just start wanting to die. But then the, the, the question is posed, what purpose are you willing to die for? Which again sounds heroic. You know what I mean? You might say, oh, I want a good life, but, then, but I'll be willing to die for my family. Uh, but that death can be day by day, <laughs> as in it's still about purpose. We can say, oh, I would be willing to die to defend my country, perhaps, or defend my family. Um, but that still needs to be joined by the purpose of what you're living for. And, and, and this is the thing. If there's distance between what we espouse that to, you know, to ourselves, that what we're living for, what we're willing to die for, and then also what purpose are you willing to be resurrected for? See, some of us are just willing to give up. And that's because there's not a stronger purpose. We all come to the end of ourselves. We'll all hit that, it, it starts off nice, I'm, I'm willing to live for something. And then maybe some people get a cause, again, across the earth, there's different causes that people are willing to die for. Uh, but when you come to the end of yourself, which you invariably will, then when you, you're absolutely finished, it's absolutely dark, you're out of time, you're, out of, you're, you're spent, you're willing to give up, What then, what if there, is there anything that we are willing to reach up and be resurrected for one more time? When your reputation is mud and people have misconstrued and misunderstood you and talked badly about you and you feel like you literally have to leave town, you're in good company. (laughs) Not that you didn't do anything wrong, but all right. But from that point is a fantastic, it's an amazing point to reach up and receive God's resurrection life through Jesus. It's not just the Sunday school, whatever the question is asked, the answer is always Jesus. Uh, Jesus, that stopped working in high school. Uh, but, but in life, when you've got nothing left to live for, and maybe even nothing left to die for, you've got to reach up once again and be, and allow God to resurrect your life. You've tried to resurrect it by yourself and that has clearly not worked. <laughs> I've tried to do that. Keep it together, stick it together, then it gets broken, then you're gluing it, dining it, you know, sticky taping it back together to try and prop up your life or what you perceived your life to be and nothing works. And you know why? Because it's not designed to. This very earth atmosphere, it doesn't matter what you put in soil, the soil will actually try and decompose it. Because it, that's the dirt's job in life, is to break down anything you put in it and crack it open to see resurrection life come back out. You put a, you put a mango in there, you put a fence post in there, it'll try and do the same thing. It's just trying to, it's just trying to grow a seed. It's like, all right, you put it in the ground, and it'll, it'll destroy it. It'll rust that out. It'll decompose the, the timber. It happens. That's what happens in life. Your body does the same. Your car does the same. You don't have to try. That's what happens down here on earth, in our earthen vessels that we are. But there's a resurrection life that comes through it. And that is phenomenal and that's worth reaching out for. And some of you may at points in life have had something to live for. That didn't work. You want to live for your family and that got decimated. And then you go, well, I might join some crazy bunch that's going to inflict pain on people or find some other cause to live for some gang or something or whatever and then you found that to some something to die for and that hasn't worked but i want to encourage you today to reach out for something that you'll be willing to be resurrected for doesn't mean you won't you still won't get misunderstood doesn't mean that the the enemies just disappear disappear they're still there on your doorstep but it gives you life the difference in, in, this, in the whole of scripture from the garden onwards and what we get hung up on is the right and wrong stuff. You know, the tree, knowledge, good and evil. I want to know what's right and wrong, good and evil. Uh, that's where I want to... And it's like that's totally irrelevant. What is relevant is life and death. Is life. Don't worry about what's right and wrong. Be concerned and be focused on what's, what's life-giving. It's not about who was wrong going through the, uh, the red light. It's about staying alive. It's not about saying, I got the green light semi trailer. No, you want to stay alive. That life force. And if we're making decisions based on life and death, well, that sounds really whew, brutal, but think about that in your family life, in your relationships, in your work life. Do I need to be right here, or do I need the credit here? Well, actually, no, 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 no. There's life in an idea, and it's going somewhere. And there's something fantastic about it, phenomenal. And it's it's galvanising a team together. That's sensational. Rather than, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, does everyone realise I came up with that idea? You know, someone else got the raise. You know, there's no life in that. Clearly, You actually look like a real idiot when you do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, hey, just calm down. Because sometimes we want to claim so much credit for ourselves for things, and yet, only in the good stuff, but not the bad stuff, we don't want to take the rap. And so, again, in all these areas of life, life and death, don't get hung up on the knowledge of good and evil. That kind of stuff will kill. It'll kill really fast. Could you imagine being raised from the dead? You're annoyed. No one wants to talk to you, no one wants to believe that. What do you do next? What would be the opposite response that would have actually really impressed Jesus? Imagine if any of them were like, yes, knew it, knew it. So good you're here. I had a place at the table ready to rock. I knew you'd be here, man. I knew you'd come back. You told me. You told everyone it was going to be three days. You know what I mean? He'd be like, ah, how good's that? You had faith. Imagine you had someone in your life like that, a cheerleader a hero, that, you, that literally you just turn up, you see him down the coffee shop and they're like, oh,
0: Jamie, you're alive.
1: This is amazing. So good to see you, man. Far out. There's like oxygen flooding your being right now. This is amazing. I knew it would be, mate. I knew you'd be here. Oof. What are we going to do? I'm ready to rock. How encouraging would that be? Imagine if we did that to Jesus now. Woke up. Yeah, here. Ah. Rather than like, oh, you need to prove it to me that you're here. Otherwise, I'm not going to believe it. Unless I feel amazing, I'm not going to believe you're real. And we wonder why nothing happens in life. You can set that environment in your car and in your home before Jesus does anything, because he's already done it. It's time to celebrate that resurrection life in Jesus Christ. John 12, verse 23, it says... If anyone serves me, him my Father will honour. I love that. I love that. We, we're just, we're drunk on progress as a people. And, I, and that's good. Put effort, set direction, achieve, have goals. But there's this other element in life that we need to understand at the very same time. And sometimes you've, you've pursued a project and it has died. And it has been attacked perhaps. It has um, putrefied and it has died and you have felt like it's been such a failure, and yet the eyes on you see that as your greatest success. They really do. You're like, man, I, I went for this thing, and it didn't quite work, and then I, I, I wanted to be the world's greatest at this, and I didn't quite get there, and then I wanted, to, I wanted everyone to love me. And then I had these enemies. And yet, all the while, you've got these little eyes on you. Maybe they're your children, maybe they're your friends, maybe they're other people that even you're trying to win for Christ, and you think your success would would, uh, would preach to them. But it's actually all throughout that, they go, far out. And I've had people come to me, you would have as well. And you're like, man, I've seen your attitude. I know everything hasn't gone well for you, but man, how did you stay joyous through that? Or wow, how did you, man, it mustn't be easy. And you're like, no, it's not easy. Absolutely not. And they're like, wow, that something preaches to them. And it was not what we thought. It wasn't necessarily the shiny toys. They're good. Absolutely, bring them on. But there's something about resurrection life which by its very definition means that it's come, it's been resurrected. There's been a muck. There's been a mud. There's been a death. And then from that springs life. You know that quote? It's just a a random internet one that says that they they tried to bury us but they didn't realise we were seeds. I love that. love that. But what happens when a seed goes into the ground? It can't draw its life from itself. The life's in it But it needs soil and manure to grow, to draw the life out of the seed, break off the husk, and then develop new life. you're the same. You want to have all the pieces in place and then get all the credit. And and, and it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen. There is life in you. There is the power of God in you. There is his promises and his future, and it's in you. But it's actually, there's going to be some hardship that's going to crack off just the husk of that seed. You think you're finished? You're not finished. You think you're done? No, you're not. It's just cracked off, it's just broken off a few husks on the, you know, and maybe they were a bit human. Maybe they were a bit, you know, where the pride and the, and the idealism was and, and things like that, but there's nothing like a life that's tempered. See, we don't respect Jesus just because he came down in the rocket ship and then he left again and was like, "Oh, ah, follow me, I'm fantastic. You know, I mean, we wouldn't be celebrating him today if, that, if, that, if it was that guy. Why? But because he gave everything. God, the father, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's because God gave everything he had that draws us in his love. It's the same. Same with your life, what you're trying to hold on to. It's, it's, it's evaporating anyway, but your heart, instead of like, oh, is just like, wow, okay. Out of that, out of that open-handedness in life, God breathes through that, and then he gets the glory, not us. How great is that? We can't handle that glory. We can't. It'll crush us. But the glory, all glory to God. All glory to God. And when, in a day like today where we focus on the life of Jesus and his, resur- his death, his burial, and his resurrection, all glory goes to God. Colossians 2, verse 12. I just got a couple of scriptures left. It says this, and I love it. love it. It says, Buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out... The handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. There's nothing God is holding against you. Your, your past faults, your past sins, you think they're amazing? There's been better sinners than you. Your sin's not that special. <laughs> Don't glorify it. Glorify the blood of Jesus. It's bigger than that, it's bigger than your shortcomings. Bigger than your own version of your future. His future for you is better. So on days like today, be reminded what purpose are you, li- are you willing to live for? What purpose are you willing to die for? And what purpose are you willing to resurrect for? Hopefully, the distance between those three is small. Hopefully what we think we're living for, we are. Hopefully what we... Uh, our ideals of what we would die for, that we are actually living that way. And hopefully when we come to the end of ourself, it's still aligned and in harmony with what we're willing to be resurrected for. In days where you literally can't move, your body might be racked with pain, uh, there's no energy in you, the darkness is swirling your mind, what will get you out of bed that day? What will resurrect you, lift you back up out of that state? When it's terminal or when it's bankrupt Or when you're beyond, you'd love to reach up to touch bottom. You'd love zero. People say, they have got nothing. You're like, I'd love to be there. I've got less than nothing. What in those moments will lift you back to life? I want to tell you that there's only one thing strong enough, and that is the blood of Jesus. That is Jesus Christ that has broken the power of death. He has been raised again. And he rules and reigns forevermore. Whether we want to acknowledge that or not, that's what's happening. And so in a day like today, you might have thought the very weaknesses in your life were something to hold you back from God. They're not. Your shortcomings where you knew you did the wrong thing even, and the sins and the mistakes, and, but they're not big enough and not strong enough. You might have stayed away because you thought maybe the sins of inside the house was strong enough, that the, the drama or the, the bumps and knocks in this, within the, 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 the church community, within the fellowship of faith, wherever that has been on this earth, you've been disappointed, you've been hurt, you might have thought that's big enough to hold you at a distance from God. But that's not either. Whoever needs to, uh, for whatever reason, has been not walking vitally alive, connected with their Saviour and with the family of God. Whatever reason you've come up with or I've come up with, it's still not good enough to lay it aside, be resurrected again into the future God has for you and receive that today in Jesus' name. I'd love us all just to close your eyes and we're going to pray. Some of you have been holding on to the very excuses of why you're not going to walk on with God, why you don't want to be part of His family. And they're just foolish and they're, they're tired. They've expired. They're 10 years old, those excuses. They're five years old. They're three weeks old. However old they are, they're too, they're too, they're too old to hang on to. And today, as the scripture says, that if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you confess with your mouth, you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to confess with your mouth. If you can believe and you say, yeah, I believe, but I've never acknowledged God. I've never believed and confessed. I've never said to God, look, I know you died for me. I know you rose from the dead and Jesus is my Lord. If that's you today and you've never made that prayer, that declaration, and something about God's scripture today has resonated with you, the truth of that, then I'd love you just to give me a wave and say, Christian, that's me today. Uh, I want to acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. You've never done that, or if you know, you man, I've been living away from God for years, and I don't even know why anymore. It's just something happened long ago, and it's been holding you back. And something about today has reminded you of God's love in your heart, the presence of God in your life, and reaching out for His wisdom for resurrection life. If that's you, just give me a wave and say, you know, I would just love to be included in this prayer today, Christian. Just as I look around, while eyes are closed, heads are bowed, and hearts are, are towards God. There's people like that today that you want to come home, not, not, not to the physical building. I'm talking about coming home to your Father God to a vitally alive relationship with Jesus Christ. Just give me a wave today. so that's, that's me, Christian. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll just talk to you. We'll catch up and we'll pray after service. It'll be really exciting, the best decision you can make. So look around one more time. Say, Christian, I want to receive that resurrection life. fantastic Fantastic. father god look i thank you so much lord we as a people who are gathered here today lord we thank you for jesus his resurrection lord god that he is alive lord he is with us god he is uh we are alive in our spirit with his word with his power father i thank you so much lord your healing hearts here today lord god literally just in the private places of people's hearts. that that you know their hurts you know the the wasted years or the wasted time or effort or or help lord the relationships that have hurt them god i thank you that you're healing hearts by your resurrection power god i I really believe right now there's people being spoken to that they've got that sense from god that god's literally saying to you you got to rise again there's, there's one more in you. There's one more in you. There's one more in you. There's one more breath in you. You might not feel like you can conquer today, but God's just saying, just breathe just in and out and then one step and then another step. And he's going to give you, I really sense that God's not going to give you new dreams right now. He's actually going to remind you of stuff that you need to dust off. It's going to grow again. It's going to be resurrected. A dream that's been dashed to pieces, a plan that has just gone awry, God is going to remind you of it right now in this moment. You're thinking of that silly little idea that maybe that, that heart connection that happened years ago and it was dashed to pieces. And right now God's saying, hey, warm that back up. There's resurrection life coming into it. Resurrection life from God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. A great day, a brilliant day, Lord, where we can celebrate God, celebrate you, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, as a people. Help us as we walk together on the journey. Lord, as, as, uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, as friends and family. God, I thank you that our purpose be renewed today. The purpose of what we're living for, what we're prepared to die for, and, God, what we're prepared for you to raise back to life in us, Lord God. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, I think uh, it'd only be fitting, let's stand to our feet. It would only be fitting if we finish this celebration service today, singing our lungs out to our Lord and Saviour. Is that okay? Can we finish singing? Amen.